All right, Tom. Uh, so, sounds like Mr. Ray's dodging some questions about ending up on uh, Team Liz's email chain. Yeah, that seems to me too. <laughs> it's been going around uh, Twitter. Let's Likely face it. Story. Let's face it. Last night didn't go the way we wanted it to go. <laughs> your Pete's so much better than your Liz. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty close. We were hoping for a better result in New Hampshire, and a lot of volunteers and grassroots supporters fought really hard to make it happen. It hurts to care so much, work so hard, and still fall a little short. Goddamn, ain't that the truth. So it's okay to take a moment and feel that pain or process that disappointment. Take a walk around the block. Eat an extra piece of chocolate. Hug your pet. Adopt a pet. Watch videos of cats and dogs who are friends. Watch videos of cats and dogs who are friends. What? I feel like this is... Like, she, this is a PSA to convince someone not to hang themselves. Oh, God damn it. I just hung up on Tom because I got another call. Who is fucking with us? Sorry, Tom. You're going to have to That's... tell your bill collectors to give us a fucking hour. My bad. I hung up on you. Hey, uh, it, it, you missed my punchiest joke. I said... Watch the Nickelodeon Nicktoon cat dog. <laughs> God, that's a good one. Call a friend, whatever works. But once you've let it all out, take a deep breath, square your shoulders, and make a plan. A plan to fight back and win. A plan to help make sure that we won't have to feel this way again. Elizabeth has only taken the first few steps of a marathon. The Iowa caucuses in New Hampshire primary decide less than 2% of the delegates. Today we can we start fighting even harder for the next ninety eight percent. Tom, what the fuck? She she basically said, "Fuck this low limit bullshit. Let's go for the big prize." It's time to persist. Elizabeth needs your help to run an aggressive advertising, organizing, and outreach program to grow our movement across the country. We have a plan to win, and you are part of it. I don't know. So, did you watch her? speech last night that she gave i did i also watched amy klobuchar's which i've also which i've seen twice before she gave the exact same speech that she's given twice before she has a problem with doing that oh she, amy yeah she'll tell the same she, joke yeah. like over and over again she's on repeat it's it's, it's like a little biden-esque <laughs> i won't have y'all talk about queen amy like that i'll mm-hmm. be honest with you <laughs> I, i'm getting seriously dark and chaotic vibes from Liz right now um chaotic evil yeah i'm getting chaotic evil vibes from liz warren right now i mean no good seriously like her first instinct was to attack attack bernie (laughs) love that love that right that well she's that wasn't (laughs) she's had that instinct for the past two months (laughs) that's been her go-to her greatest hit do you think this is why people don't like her I mean, I feel like she was okay, like, before... I mean, personality-wise, like, she was fine before this election, but she's really, like... Bitter. Yeah. (laughs) This is what ambition does to people, though. (laughs) Like, I mean, when people talk about Liz Warren not being likable, I don't find her unlikable till you start peeling into her record. I think she's fine. I mean, the whole Cherokee thing is weird, and... Not cool, but I mean, like, just to talk to her, I think, yeah, she's 
She's got this kind of folksy affect, and she's she's more or less fine. There are only like three likable people in politics. Who in politics is likable? Yeah, it's ridiculous. This whole like this whole thing is ridiculous. None of these people are likable. Who are your three, Tanya? AOC, Ileana Omar, and Bernie. And Bernie. Yeah, that's that's about right, honestly. It's my top three. I don't know. I might be able to get in a little more, but I can't think of any others off the top of my head, honestly. Yeah. In, oh. in elected office. Well, you don't, um, like, you don't like Senator Kennedy from Louisiana? I don't know. <laughs> Lindsey Graham? <laughs> no, yeah, Lindsey's my favorite. What a baboon. Um. Well, it's the day after the New Hampshire primary. And hopefully you've all been watching videos of cats and dogs who are friends. <laughs> cat dog, cat dog, alone in the world with a little cat dog. God damn it. Remember that, Tom? Adopt a cat dog. That's the new Warren platform. Adopt a cat dog. <laughs> Scientific fuse two animals together at the hip and adopt it. Warren's on some evil mad scientist shit. Some evil, chaotic shit, mad scientist shit. She's like that Italian doctor that was going to do the head transplant on the Russian guy. <laughs> Did you ever read about like the experiments with like monkeys trying to transplant brains and like they lived for like a few minutes? Oh yeah, but, like we're in like intense pain and man, that shit is that shit fucked me up. Oh darn! I had one of those guys in our list of profiles in Courage. Oh wow. Um. Sergio something. I forget his name. It might have been Vladimir Dimikov. Uh Yeah, it was. Vladimir Dimikov was a Soviet scientist and organ transplantation pioneer who performed several transplants in the 1940s and 1950s, including the transplantation of a heart into an animal and a heart-lung replacement in an animal. He's also well known for his dog head transplants, which he conducted during the 1950s resulting in two-headed dogs. This ultimately led to the head transplants in monkeys by Dr. Robert White, who was inspired by Dimikoff's work. <laughs> did did you have that bookmarked? I did. <laughs> I did. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> well, how successful was Dimikoff? Well, he... Um... Well, he's successful. In the 40s and 50s, I'm going to say not very. Um, by the time American surgeons became aware of Dimikov's dog head transplantations in 1959, he had already been performing these procedures for five years. <laughs> in his garage. <laughs> in, his, in his dacha, his summer home. This is fucked up. Um... What happened to mad scientists? What, I mean, why... Are we just not in? Are we just not doing that anymore? It's just that they just became a, they became celebrities and billionaires. Yeah, everyone's kind of mad now. Yeah, yeah. But Elon Musk is not exactly a portrait of sanity. <laughs> oh no! Right. He's also not a scientist, really. But details. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, don't I, I don't know if this that. is unique to capitalism. Okay, I don't know if this is unique to capitalism, but is this the only economic system where? Like scientist, philanthropist, billionaire, playboy, industrialist—that all gets like thrown in the mix, and like nobody really like. Like, what are Elon Musk's credentials? 
does he have a PhD in like rocket science or something? Or do you know what I'm saying? I don't think so, man. I think he's like literally a rich kid who started PayPal. No one's ever told him no. This is what happens to these rich people. They never hear the word no. It's very important for people to hear the word no and be able well, to well, accept it. It's it's interesting because like you look at like meteorologists on TV aren't really scientists either. They're like people with communications degrees like me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I will like we, not have you slander meteorology. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's like... Uh, it's just kind of proof that we do live in that Adam Curtisian like sort of semi-synthetic world where like you don't really have to be, you know, learned in anything to like do it at a high level and for people to think you're like you know. And, and I'm not saying that's like necessarily the end all be all to have the right credentials because I understand people don't necessarily have access to education in this country either and all that sort of thing. But um, it does inspire confidence if like Elon Musk had like you know you know built some like rockets in college or something like that you know wow. no you just have to be confident in what you're saying and doing i mean i'm a complete dilettante i have zero expertise in shit thousands but, of people listen to us every week we don't but thousands of people listen to us every week and well punditry is like a number one the, the arch example of this have you all ever watched this documentary called the world of Doc- dr nakamats no no so it's about this guy and he's like this like kind of Japanese eccentric that like calls himself a doctor. It's not clear if he is actually a doctor or if he is, it's not clear that he's even like a, <laughs> a doctor that would like, you know, that would lend itself well to do what he does. But he has, he holds all these patents and he basically makes these like wild grandiose claims about the patents. Like he's got this like, machine that looks like a hollowed out like uh racing usa or cruising usa like arcade game you know like the one you like you sit and drive the car in yeah and then like you put on this helmet that's attached to a tube and it's supposed to like wipe your bad memories or something (laughs) and what's interesting is like he's kind of revered as like sort of a kitschy cultural figure in japan but like he also (laughs) gets like like on the documentary like george hw bush had written him a letter uh, like congratulating for his like accomplishments and stuff and like really what it is is he's just kind of like this like rich borderline sociopathic like weirdo and that's all it takes to get purchased in this world truly truly well i mean if you need no further proof like you've got fucking um Mayor Pete, basically. I was about to say, yeah, Mayor Pete. Yeah. Look no further. So, yeah, it's the day after the New Hampshire primary. Um, Bernie won, but you literally would not know that Yeah, if you got all of your news from mainstream sources, MSNBC, CNN. I was texting you all last night in disbelief that they wouldn't even say Bernie was winning. No. They, they just kept saying top three. My, Top three. Amy just soaring. My Apple News Spotlight notification on my phone. Hello, Klobuchar. Goodbye, Yang. Oh, and a winner was actually declared. Here's what comes next. It's like, didn't say who didn't the fucking winner was. Say. <laughs> it's why it, it true. I don't know why I keep being shocked, but I am. I'm kind of just floored. And I'm almost scared. 
it's so amazing they're trying to make Amy Klobuchar's story. It's like she lost by what, like ten thousand votes or something, and they want to like. It's like what you were talking about earlier, Terrence, with like the the participation trophy stuff. Like they're doing the, the Democrats are doing nothing to dispel that trope about themselves <laughs> that the Republicans hold. Yeah. I'm genuinely convinced that the reason Warren hasn't dropped out yet is because every candidate gets their round. Like the DNC told Pete, like, all right, Pete, you're going to get Iowa. Amy, you're going to get New Hampshire. Biden, you'll get South Carolina, and Warren, you'll get Nevada. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're just anointing each one in advance. Because it is all media narratives, ultimately. Um, (laughs) Which is... Did you watch Mayor Pete's speech? <laughs> I did. He He's starting to sound more and more like Obama. He's starting to sound more and more like Obama. I couldn't believe... I closed my eyes, even, and tried to imagine Obama. We, it sounded so much like him. We've talked about this a lot on the show, but um, there have been a string of candidates um, for years now who it seems like they have hired the exact same PR firm that Obama used. Like, Alison Grimes talked exactly like Obama. Yeah. Joaquin Castro talks like him. Now Pete. Well, they, <laughs> I mean, they've been hung up on the story of us since then. That was like, they created this whole, like, new, not new, they packaged it as new, way to tell a story. The story of me, the story of you, the story of us, the story of we, the story of now, the story of the future. Right. And they think, uh, what? No, go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. It's just, it's an equation they think they can keep keep well, sending down the line. Well, uh, uh, ultimately, it's because, and we talked about this last week, it's ultimately because, like, it's still inconceivable to them that people would vote for a candidate um, outside of the same sort of like market logic that dictates every other sort of product and commodity. So like they genuinely still think, and I think this is why they fundamentally hate the, the Bernie movement and why they're, why they're just ignoring it altogether, is that like they they don't have a consumer base in the Bernie movement. It's like they can't sell them anything. Whereas, like, with Pete, you know, you can easily market him like any other. Like, this has been the sort of M.O. of politics going back forever, you know, until Trump came along, basically, and sort of shattered it on the right wing. Well, they they talked about this on NBC last night, MSNBC. While they were talking, they started ranting. The only time they really talked about Bernie was they went on a rant about how Bernie only indicts. He can't, he doesn't incite hope. And hope is what historically has won democratic elections. That's what they said. And and Bernie only indicts. He only talks I, about what's bad. I'd like for my my I'd like for Julia and Reed to go talk to my mom who's waiting on an organ transplant and uh, and say that. Literally, it's like <laughs> what hope is left? The Virginia the Virginia State House just passed that they are going to raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour in twenty twenty five. In twenty twenty five. Not only that, they announced that they will not be passing a right to work or you know doing away with right to work. Yeah, these 
they, they think, and this is with after they've got a, a slew of new progressives in there or whatever. Right. That's completely insane. 2025. Hey, I, I've got an idea for a candidate. Hit, hit me here's what we're going to do. What was the what was the Russian guy's name again? The um, Vladimir Dimikov. <laughs> you couldn't it's, remember it's Vladimir. Dimikov. I'm going to go on a limb and say Dimikov. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb and say only Dimikov isn't in the union anymore, is he? No, he's he's dead. Is that what you're implying? Yeah. Well, we'll have to go find Sergio Caro, whatever his name was, the Italian dude that was going to do the head transplant on the Russian guy. Uh huh. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to go. <clears throat> we're going to go pluck Juan Guado out of Caracas. <laughs> and we're going to. And we're going to. We're going to fuse Mayor Pete's head to him. <laughs> so what, what you have is a two-headed Obama boy. <laughs> <laughs> and so Juan Guado looks like Obama, but Mayor Pete talks like him. So you get both of everything, get- and it's going to incite some like. Like some Obama nostalgia when you have this like fucking freak hybrid human candidate. <laughs> I like it. And, and trust me, Mayor Pete would do that if he could be the president. The Democrats would one hundred percent do that if they knew it could be Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> they would. They would. They would run a science experiment with Mayor Pete. They're going to do to that. They're going to fuse Amy's head onto Pete's body. Because this is what they keep saying. They're like, if you combine all of them together, they beat Bernie. Yeah. They want a superhuman. They want some. Uh, it's insane. They really that are. They would be a superhuman. Like, what, what, would, what would the Biden, Klobuchar, Warren, Buttigieg hybrid look like? like what Lucifer. You, what, what, no, what, I worship what, Lucifer. Never mind. What? What? What part would you keep from all of them? Like, you got to have Uncle Joe as your talking head, though. He, we have to have Joe's eyeballs. Yeah, you got to have Joe's eyes. Bloodshot eyes. His bloodshot eyes. You got to have Amy's um, steely gaze, her steely determination. Um, you got to have Ewar's chaotic energy, her Howard Ratner-esque energy. Her hands, like she talks with her hands real crazy like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you got to have Mayor Pete's combat skills. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, they didn't even... Um, when they... Like, the news anchors talked directly to Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. And they didn't even really ask her to speak about why she lost. They asked her about the Department of Justice shenanigans. Which... As a senator. Oh. <laughs> She's like, it was really, really wild day for the Senate, huh? <laughs> like, 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 it this fucking primary didn't just even happen. They will give everybody as much benefit as, of the doubt as they can get. Like, at, at first, you know, over the last few months, I was like, they're making a huge error by throwing all these candidates at Bernie because, like, they're going to be. They're all splitting up the same electorate, whereas Bernie people have been with him since the beginning. And that's been more or less true, but it really is unfortunate that, and I think that this really was their plan all along, to put as many people into it as possible. Because, like, Bernie barely squeaked by in New Hampshire, like with 3,000 votes or something, you know, and in Iowa, we saw saw how that went in Iowa. 
So I think that it really is hurting him having all these candidates in the fucking race. Like, especially Warren. She needs to drop out fucking like yesterday, but she won't. But they are it, still he beat nine fucking candidates. I know. And they won't even say that he won. I know. <laughs> nine people. Nine fucking people. Well, it, it's bananas. I don't know if y'all have been lucky enough to finagle yourself off the DNC mailing list, but there's something interesting that came down two days ago that Barack Obama announced. Which, what's and that? It's called, it's called the Democratic Unity Fund. Just let me read, let me read this email. <clears throat> Before New Hampshire Democrats start voting tomorrow, I need you to read an important update about the critical importance of the Democratic Unity Fund and then donate $10 to that fund to fund the infrastructure that our nominee and candidates down the ticket will use to defeat Trump and the GOP. Here's the most disconcerting part. The Democratic Unity Fund, an effort announced and spearheaded by President Barack Obama back in May, addresses key concerns regarding our eventual nominee and their fight against Trump. This historic primary process has been thorough and long. Democratic candidates have spent months spreading their message of progress across the country. Our party can't afford our future nominee to burn out once the general election starts. The Democratic Unity Fund is the key to ensuring that that doesn't happen. Trump has been fundraising and campaigning tirelessly since his inauguration. He spent millions on advertisements, staffing, and rallies before the general election even started. The Democratic Unity Fund will help bridge the resource gap and ensures that our nominee, whoever that may be, will get a head start. No matter who our nominee is, they're going to need a groundswell of support to combat Trump's incumbency advantage. We'll need to unite and mobilize millions of people to the polls on November 3rd, but the Democratic Unity Fund can make that happen. And so far, 92,000 have shown their support for the fund. And then it says, unfortunately, our records show that you haven't supported us. So basically, the Democrats have, <laughs> Except for you, the Democrats have started this fund, it seems like as a way to help out the cash strapped uh, people that are vying to be, to win, to win the nomination. Right. And it seems like it's in part sort of the fulfillment of the promise of Barack Obama, who said, if Bernie Sanders starts surging, then he's going to do something about it. It looks like the thing they're doing is trying to level the fundraising discrepancies between Bernie and the other campaigns with this shit. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. Well, but catching it in, in well, we're just we're, this is we're really just propping up, you know, whoever our nominee is down the line. But it says that like the, that we need the infrastructure, no matter who our nominee is. So it's just interesting that uh, that uh, you know this seemingly innocuous thing, which is never innocuous, because my hunch is that you know like Michael Bloomberg is probably the ninety six thousand donors. <laughs> uh, in, in, a, in a trench coat right and yeah that, this is how they're uh, gonna funnel bloomberg's money to everybody <laughs> it's wealth totally. redistribution guys yeah it is socialism of a kind <laughs> that's for sure but i don't know it's just it's just the rat fuckery knows no bounds <laughs> last night i did watching the returns i did start to think about the uh the DNC, the uh, the actual, what did they call it? Like the convention? They, the convention, yeah. yeah. What about it? Just like what we might have to do. What we are going to have to do yeah. to actually 
Yeah. Um. I, I, you, know, you know what? I, you know, my first thought was, I'm gonna have to get on Signal again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're emerging from yeah. Social Justice League retirement. Yeah, and we're 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 getting back into the game. God damn Downloading it. Signal, masking up, <laughs> writing bets. Writing our attorney's name in yeah. Sharpie on the inside of our arms. <laughs> uh, mine's tattooed. I got it tattooed permanently, right. so I don't have to worry about it anymore. Carrying milk around so when we, for when we get tear gassed. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, the Trubillies are reemerging from Social Justice League retirement to uh, do some DA. So Democrats better fucking be on watch. Because <laughs> we're coming back with the DA. Are you scared? <laughs> You haven't seen a Trubilly DA since 2016, so or 17 maybe. God, it's the last time that. You, yeah, you can, there's pictures of it on the internet though. Speak for yourself. Was, it's also it's also the last time Terrence was wearing a suit. Yeah. <laughs> Although this very day I had lunch at Pine Mountain Grill. And out in the foyer where you come in and out, there's a little cork board and someone had put up a flyer uh, advertising a men's rights group meeting and I ripped it down and took it out. So what the there's fuck? a little DA for you right this fucking morning. Yeah, that's that's some DA. I just I just walked out with it. Matilda was like giggling behind me. <laughs> it's like, oh, I need this. I'm going to call these people. That's some DA. Um... All right, so let's switch let's switch gears here to Kentucky. There's a few Kentucky items I want to hit today. Um, Giddy up. Now I have to fucking. Okay, so Mitch McConnell's challenger Amy McGrath opposes Medicare for all and free college in new ad. And I can't fucking open the goddamn article because it's behind a paywall is it new york times <laughs> no it's in the louisville courier journal it's like Bro, you God. gotta get those you gotta get those thumbs man you gotta hit that you gotta x quick. You gotta move it oh quick. dude you can't do it for this but i will open it in um private does that help yeah you can do it in um incognito mode i think no you can't oh you can all right y'all want to watch the ad I think Tom, you should be able to hear it from your um, okay. on your side. Let's see. Let's see if we can pull it up. I feel D- like I haven't heard anything from her in a while. She's laid very low. It's very strange. They had a they had a deep spiritual cleansing and re-strategizing process, <laughs> Terrence. <laughs> They've been hiding out at Fort Knox. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, this is what they're running against Mitch. They're running the same thing as Mitch. They're really <laughs> literally running female Mitch. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. Here, okay, here it is. As a fighter pilot and a Marine, I was always focused on the mission. And you couldn't buy your way out of a tough spot. Then, as a national security advisor, I was focused on keeping our country safe. I'm Amy McGrath. And now I'm running for Senate because it's clear we need a government focused on doing what's right for regular Kentuckians. We need a senator who fights for things like affordable health care, college, and technical school, not tax cuts for wealthy donors. That doesn't mean free college or Medicare for all. What the (laughs) fuck? Instead, we can improve the Affordable Care Act with no one getting kicked off their health plan. Amazing. And I believe in national service as a way to pay for college. 
Well, yeah, imagine fixing your fucking lips to say not Medicare no. <laughs> for all. She says you don't deserve that. The way it was framed, it was so bizarre. It was it was um, that means getting away from wealthy private donors. However, that does not mean. I support Medicare for all. I'm against that. <laughs> I'm against Medicare for all. <laughs> did they poll? That did they do any polling? Um, do they really think that Kentucky's? Well, we had one of the most successful states of the Affordable Care Act, the expansion of Medicare. Yeah, what do you think that is, Tom? Do you think they polled, or do you think that that's all intuition? Like they think Kentucky's very conservative, and therefore they need to. Attack to the center. They don't okay, want to be loved. First off, sorry. Go ahead. First off, what, what needs to be said is that uh, these are the the literal dumbest people you could imagine are running this campaign. So that <laughs> needs to be said off the top, right? Okay. Right. It, literally, they've got Vladimir, whatever his name's, <laughs> corpse in a trench coat. And he's running the campaign <laughs> Al- along with the two-headed boy, Juan Guado, Pete Buttigieg, right? <laughs> And that's spelled Juan Guado slash Pete Buttigieg. Uh, For your transcriptions. So we should never suggest that they've pulled anything up because the reality is they haven't. Because the reality is, is the McGrath campaign is not a serious campaign that's geared towards stopping Mitch McConnell. It's a fucking shell campaign that's geared toward fundraising and making her like a national entity. Like, you know, she's on a one-way ticket to being an MSNBC pundit. And yeah, I don't think I don't think you could take anything that that comes out of that campaign seriously because she's been running for goddamn two years now and is only now coming to an ethos. You know what I mean? Right. And it's a bad one. And it's a loser. <laughs> it's a huge fucking loser. But she's going to be able to get into Rob Reiner's pockets with it. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> keep going. Did Bernie not win Kentucky? Did he just win Eastern Kentucky in the last presidential primary? Didn't he win all of Kentucky? He- no, he lost Overall? by like a, like less than a thousand votes, like eight or nine hundred votes. It was really tight. They basically gotcha. split the delegates, I think. I mean, Hillary got more, obviously, but it, yeah, he he picked up a lot of delegates here. Gotcha. Um, I th- I think he'll win pretty pretty outright this year. It's just it just floors me that they think. I mean, literally half of Kentuckians signed up for health care when it suddenly became available with connect well when they examine mitch mcconnell's unpopularity they never ask what's behind it like this is what's fascinating to me about this talking point that mitch mcconnell's unpopular unpopular for what reason is it because well, I mean, for why is it is it because he's like beholden to corporate donors or is it because he's never actually done things like Medicare for all or any of this stuff. He's like, a goal. It, yeah. It's never occurs to them that, that that he might be unpopular because he's... He never does shit for anyone. Like he's never <laughs> right, done right. anything for Kentuckians. Right. So it's like they they just want to run and they did this exact same thing with Allison Leonard Grimes in 2014 where they ran a candidate who was Mitch Light and lost and they were... Good, I mean, like, they just... They don't want to win. But you're right, Tom. That's not the point. The point is... To get Amy a job on MSNBC doing the exact same shit all the other MSNBC <laughs> pundits do every night bashing Bernie. <laughs> well, you can also, it's like, 
the 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 really egregious thing about that is is the same people casting aspersions on Bernie are the people that never fucking win anything. Like Claire McCaskill needs to shut the fuck up because she lost her election, right? Right. Uh, to my knowledge, Senator Bernard Sanders hasn't lost anything except for the 2016 primary. But you know, In when the big prize years. is at hand, he shows up. Yeah, it's fascinating. Someone pointed this out on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, um, but I mean, but it's it's a sort of general observation and one that I've felt for a while too. It's that MSNBC hates Bernie way more than CNN and even Fox News. Fox News last night was like Bernie won New Hampshire. You know what I mean? Like. They could just call it for what it is. Like, MSNBC will not... Well, because Fox News doesn't care. Right. They think there's... No, they they are sure they're getting four more years of Trump. Oh, they absolutely. don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about this primary. MSNBC, everything everything that's important to them... <laughs> All, the, all the, the comforts they yeah. have in this world are hanging in the balance it, yeah. of this primary. And Fox News could not give less fucks no. about this stupid fucking primary. You know how bad it is? Last week we had that episode where we were talking about Trump's like unhinged post-impeachment speech. Well, he gave that speech um, and in so doing blew off a photo op with Juan Guaido. Um, he is the Venezuelan opposition guy, like the guy who declared what? himself um, leader of Venezuela or whatever. Right, right, right. Also, one, one half of the twenty presumptive twenty twenty nominee. <laughs> what? Yes, w- biologically one half of the twenty twenty nominee. Once he's fused with Mayor Pete's body. Ah, right. Gotcha. Um, but so the Democrats threw a big fit about that. That that Trump blew off Juan Guaido, and so as a one up against him, Nancy Pelosi called him in and had her own press conference with Juan Guaido. <laughs> I mean, these people have to be utterly destroyed, buried, completely destroyed. Like we our 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 generation now has the historical necessity, like the historical task, if nothing else. Even if we don't get Bernie in the presidency, we must destroy the Democratic Party. We have to. Whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine. I, honestly, I, I almost prefer it this way. Because I was actually kind of today talking to Michella and imagining if the Democratic Party actually rallied around Bernie and like just was like, okay, this is the party now. If they were just that desperate, you know? Yeah. And we're just trying to pick up all his support and just pull it into the party and pretend like that's the party now. Right. And I almost am like, that that I'll, that would piss me off more, honestly. Right. Because right. I feel like I've been so pissed that they've, they've fucked him over so much and have been just like... They fought it so hard. Such fucks. But honestly, the alternative pisses me off too, which yeah. I've just really leveled with today. <laughs> this is all very bizarre. Yeah, it's all very bizarre. Well, another bizarre thing coming out of Kentucky, another thing I wanted to hit. Um, so every now and then, I, I feel like we have a few Kentucky episodes. This is going to be one of them. So We've spent half an hour talking about the presidential the election. election, though, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, well, trust me, there's some more. I've got some... Some, some dirt, some juice. Um, He's this, got some bookmarks, folks. I've Buckle got, up. I've, <laughs> Um, 
So, okay. So I wanted to say, you know, this is item number two on our sort of Kentucky-centric list. I wanted to kind of make an announcement to the audience. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the announcement is this. I know it's easy to feel like, uh, you know, there's no justice in the world and that, like, you see guys like Trump winning and, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of hope and you don't know if the things will ever get better or, or more, more importantly, you don't know if there will ever be retribution for the people who have brought all the bad things to the world. Spoiler. Well, I just want to probably s- won't. Yeah, probably won't. But I just want to I just want to say that if that's you and you're not feeling any hope in that realm, far away, tucked in a tiny corner of eastern Kentucky, is a little little county called Letcher County, where the elite of that county for 20 years tried to bring a prison here. And then put all their eggs into the Trump basket, thinking he would be the person to bring the prison here. Finally deliver that. Yes. And little ghost <laughs> ghost egg. And I know we've mentioned this multiple times on the show, but once again, Trump has passed another budget that has squashed <laughs> their prison hopes. <laughs> and you get another round of them all of all of these fucking ghouls and pieces of shit in our local newspaper just being like yeah well shit (laughs) well honestly this is the first time they've actually admitted it because before the coverage if you remember has been on the front it's all it's always on the cover of the paper and we have the we have today's paper here to confirm this this round but before it's always been they've gotten a statement from Hal Rogers saying like Hal Rogers confirms prison still possible here. Right, right. And then you get into it, and it's like, despite... <laughs> the, All evidence the, to the contrary. Yeah, despite the recent presidential budget for the country that doesn't include our prison, Hal is still lying to us about everything <laughs> that he's ever promised, he's ever done, I, and gonna, we're still believing him. I'm going to tell you something, Tanya. You have probably only 10% less juice than Hal Rogers in terms of power at this point. <laughs> Buddy, I I mean, today the, I felt very powerless. The guy, what he like ranks on embassies. He's no longer the head of house appropriations. It's like putting your faith in Hal Rogers at this point is like putting your faith in like CBD, you know. You might as well put your faith in me, baby. <laughs> putting your faith in uh, the blue notes without Harold Melvin, you'll never go platinum. <laughs> But finally, this I got that cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> finally, yeah. they admit Trump don't want the goddamn prison. Right. Trump, uh, prison's not unneeded here, folks. Listen, folks. He wants funds taken. <laughs> I don't know where this says funds are going, but Terrence always says they're going to the wall. Yeah, they, That's what they've said in the past. They wanted to go to the border wall fascinating shit i mean of course you know that would mean there's nothing here to celebrate ultimately but it is funny just on the sort of microscopic level seeing these people who have lorded over us for years like basically stepping in shit falling in shit really ultimately constantly it is here's a good 
Here's a speaker piece about them falling and shit. It mentions the sanctuary city. It makes no sense, but it's so funny. <laughs> this podcast will be one hour of us flipping through a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame a man can't buy a pizza without the sheriff violating his Second Amendment rights. <laughs> sanctuary County doesn't mean anything. If they want your guns, they'll find a way to take them. <laughs> man, can't buy, man can't buy a slice of pizza in his town That's without right. having his rights violated. They always do. All right. So this is the third thing I want to talk about today. Um, it, it comes by way of an op-ed in the Lexington Herald-Leader. And it's it's called... <clears throat> Kentucky Promise Zone has delivered on jobs education in eastern Kentucky. Has it? <laughs> News to us. So, before I get started here, just a little historical context. Um, the Kentucky Promise Zone... So, you know that... Um, what was that? Roadside Picnic, uh, the Strugatsky Brothers. There's a short story called Roadside Picnic by the Strugatsky Brothers, Tanya. Uh, and the... the um... You just assume I didn't know that? <laughs> <laughs> you kissed my ass, Terry. rude, honestly. <laughs> Truly. You're right, I didn't know. Well, the premise is um, there is something called The Zone, where apparently like something like an alien life force landed there, you know, years ago and now it's just like this weird uninhabitable place where weird things happen and People can do telepathy and all that kind of stuff. Um, But basically, it's like an irradiated, uninhabitable zone. It's called the zone. (laughs) And it's all I can ever think about when I hear Kentucky, the promise zones. Because, like, promise zone is the most dystopic term you could possibly imagine. And for those who don't know what it is, it was a program by the Obama administration. Sort of like, you know how we had that one episode about the power plus plan and the reclaim act and all that it was kind of like that but it it was even less hands-on from the government's perspective like correct me if i'm wrong wrong tom but wasn't it wasn't it like a just a grants program it was just a point system it gave you if you lived in a promise zone in in the country which they were like five we were one of like five Uh it gave you an extra point on a federal grant because they're apparently the like federal grant rubric process is a point system. It's dope. If anyone's ever gotten a federal grant, they know that they're terrible and you don't want to deal with it, in fact. <laughs> well, they made a bunch of these promise zones around the country. Um, one of them was in eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and, well, I don't know. I guess that, that included like NEA, NEH stuff, which uh, Trump has... Uh, he's only budgeted enough money to close those agencies. Right. Under Trump, it's completely meaningless. Under Obama, it hardly meant anything anyways. But yeah. <laughs> but in a way, yeah. in a way, they do kind of mirror like the, the Strugatsky's version of the zone in that they do put designate an alien life form to every one of them. In our case, we got Sandy Kerr. Absolute alien. <laughs> Absolutely. The most dystopic thing I think I've ever seen in my life was Sandy Kirk coming into Pine Mountain Grill wearing a headset like she's goddamn Tony Robbins. <laughs> and and saying to the crowd, 
there's something interesting brewing in Letcher County. Anybody know what it is? And, you know, I've, like, looked to my right and left and been like, you know, I don't know. What is it? Maybe these green jobs are finally coming. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, that's right, folks, the prison. And it was like <laughs> throwing a pep rally to build this monument to human suffering that's going to bring very few jobs, and the ones that it does bring are going to put the holder into an early grave. <laughs> Pure misery. I mean, so it's, yeah, it's it's all, human misery all around. Right. And, and meanwhile, she looks like she's like goddamn Denise Austin leading like jazz aerobics or something up there. <laughs> Truly. She's sweating it to the oldies. Parked in the handicapped spot right in front of the door. Oh, okay. Um, so if you want to know... Sandy Kurt is... That's a chaotic evil right there. Totally. She's, maybe she's running the fucking Warren campaign. We don't know. <laughs> so, Herald-Leader, Kentucky Promise Zone has delivered on jobs in education in eastern Kentucky, written by Jerry Rickett. I don't know who that is, but... Oh, I know. You, I assumed you probably did know. <laughs> but, oh, Jerry's one. Let me see the picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've literally talked to this man in person about the prison 10 years ago. Uh, this is one of Hal Rogers' favorite uh, pork princes. Nice. He sends him a lot of money. He's over. Run down and read his byline. I'm pretty sure he's the director of the Somerset. Highlands Investment yeah, Corporation. Highlands. K- yeah. Kentucky Highlands Investment Corporation, which is coordinating yep. and managing the federal promise zone. I, I can't imagine <laughs> what a, I can't imagine they toot their own horn. I'm fucking losing it. Just like the notion of a promise zone. <laughs> no, that, he, he, this, when you this, enter it in, things get more promising. This was Sandy Kurd's boss, but he hired right, that maniac. When you enter this promise zone, things be, get more promising, and by that I mean your likelihood of meeting a violent death or being forced to celebrate a monument to human suffering Very increases exponentially. Tenfold. <laughs> it's a promise made six years ago. A promise to improve the lives and livelihoods of families in the region hit hard by economic distress and hampered by educational attainment. Progress. <laughs> progress. Hampered. <laughs> Hampered. Is that what he said? That's what he said. Progress continues to be made in the Kentucky Promise Zone. A 10-year commitment that established one of the first... uh, One of the first five federal promise zones in the country. And the first one in a rural area. Uh, Bell, Harlan, Letcher, Perry, Leslie, Clay, Knox, and part of Whitley County have gained competitive advantage in applying for federal funds and assistance from those agencies. All right, let me pause for a minute. All the while, what they could have just done was send all the goddamn severance tax back to our counties. Doug, so I think a few times I've made the observation that, like, Hal lords over a fiefdom. And by that I mean, like, he literally resides over a network of nonprofits that, like, kick up cash to him. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's rigged it in such a way that... With the Promise Zone, he now can get nonprofits to more easily get federal grants that they can then kick up to his Taj Mahal in um, where so, is it? In Somerset. Somerset. Yeah, where, it's literally where Hal's from. He it, is 
I mean, he's a genius in a totally different way than Mitch. It's but. more of a web than you can even imagine. Like, <laughs> right. he's he has built Section 8 housing so that he can <laughs> literally double dip and get paid by the government to house people and collect rent. Totally. <laughs> oh you God, dig it? I mean, I... Absolutely. <laughs> when you dig in, and you find all this out when you dig in, when you actually dig into Hal Rogers right. and what he actually has earmarked and sent pork to, almost all of it goes through Jerry Ricketts. Right. And they've all like, they've all gotten grant funding to build, you know, incubator, entrepreneur incubators and Section 8 housing and all this like infrastructure to then rent to people. <laughs> And get money right. to run programs through. It's been it's oh, yeah. it's bananas. It's a total. It's it's like it's a circle jerk. It, it's exactly what it is. And for those of you who are just now tuning in and don't know who Hal Rogers is, who he, I mean, I guess he's the biggest villain in the Trillbillies universe. But he's our yeah. congressional representative. Tom's going to run against him one day. <laughs> I took Tanya Biscuit and a six pack of LA and said, "Tanya, you need to run against Hal Rogers." And she, I think her retort was, and uh, they're going to drive a dump truck right up to the fucking, uh, right up to the halls of Congress and dump all my skeletons out in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) It'll take an 18 wheeler. Tanya could have been the OG Katie Hill if she'd played her cards right, but. (laughs) (laughs) Now look at you, you're here. All my sex tapes would be released. The Kentucky Promise Zone has grown from an original 12 partners to 96, provided more than 450 grant applications with letters of support, and identified $840 million in announced investments. Jesus Christ. Strides have been made in three areas of, in the three areas of labor participation, tourism, and education. What the fuck is labor participation? He's going, I, you know that's going to be ill. He's going to explain it to you. Yes, you know it's going to be So Ill. bad. In the last two years, six Promise Zone counties have increased their labor force at double to quadruple the rate of the state average. So basically, we're making more exploitable wage slaves, essentially. Oh, yeah. Hal Rogers has says almost every time he opens his mouth in front of a room full of people is like, Kentucky's greatest asset is our low-wage workforce. <laughs> he, he's making no bones about it. We will work for free. Little to free. We'll work We'll work yeah. for beer. We'll do he's basically <laughs> just holding a cardboard sign on the side of 75 saying, we'll work for beer. If you're still on the fence about Marxism, like these... these Guys actually prove the concepts just in what they say. Like, you don't have to even look any further. Like, when you have your public officials touting that you have a cheap, uneducated workforce as an asset, that should tell you something. (laughs) They look at people not as human beings, but as profit centers. Exactly. The total number of people employed throughout the zone grew by 50% more than the state average. So, in the zone... You, your wage labor becomes more <laughs> exploitable as soon as you enter the zone, the, the promise zone. They set up toll roads all around the zone. You have to pay to get in it. <laughs> yes. One of the bright spots is Teleworks USA, an oh, initiative, <laughs> an initiative like of it. Eastern. Oh, I love this. <laughs> love this. The zone in the zone, all the grass is dead. Like, I'm telling you, all the uh, animals are irradiated. It's like Chernobyl, kind of. Yeah. The initiative of Eastern Kentucky, or an initiative of Eastern Kentucky Concentrated Employment Program, 
EK SEP, mm-hmm. Teleworks recruits companies to bring work from home jobs to people through a virtual workplace or at one of its eight hubs. In 2019, the initiative was responsible for more than 600 remote job placements with pending job retention and an estimated $13.7 million in new annual wages for Eastern Kentuckians. Since 2015, Teleworks has helped generate more than 2,600 remote job placements with an estimate, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so that's the labor uh, participation. I'd like to interject a story here. P- please do. About EKSEP. I believe I maybe have even mentioned this before. But they uh, moved in. I, I happened to be working in the Perry County Unemployment Office building, which is a large essential airport hangar but it used to be like a sock factory or something and they've turned it into just like all the, the unemployment office there's an educational cooperative in there the teleworks right. they've run like a, a food pantry out of the back and they convinced EKSEP when it got its big funding to move in there and this is what happened <laughs> All of their employees live in Lexington and commute to Hazard. Two that's, hours every morning. That's, and every that's indictment number one. <laughs> two, they, yeah, two hour drive. They hired a Lexington designer, interior designer, to remodel a, a part of this warehouse hangar to the point that they put in archways. <laughs> I, meanwhile, I was working in a cubicle on the other side of the building. Not a win- There's not one window in the entire building. They put in archways. They had white leather couches. Tons of art, like framed, like the ugliest artwork you can imagine. Right. Their, their, their hard part of the office looked like... Uh, it looked like a room your mamma creates... In the house that the pension bought, that no one's allowed in, you know. When they when everything must be pristinely pres- preserved. Yeah, and yeah. She that's the room she set up with her inheritance after Papa died. Right, right. And it's locked off, and no one's allowed in there. And you only go in there when the insurance man comes to come, <laughs> and he's allowed to sit in there. That's what it looked like. The whole fucking place. Truly bizarre. And everyone else in the building who worked there hated them. It was like an epic war zone. That's what you get when you come in the zone, baby. Warfare. The promise zone. Class warfare. It, it did kind of play out like class warfare because it was like the people who worked at the unemployment office and right. KLP and teachers <laughs> and then these motherfuckers. That would, yeah. Any sociologist needing to write a dissertation, go check that out. Go I'm, hang that, out. That would go be some out. fascinating shit. And, and they all are sharing the same bathroom. <laughs> Multiple stalls, but same bathroom. Amazing. Teleworks, Teleworks is prime example of public-private partnerships utilizing grants from USDA, Appalachian Regional Commission, Department of Labor, and other federal agencies, along with local communities, to match employer needs with a well-trained, willing workforce. So... That right there, I think, just gets at why Eastern Kentucky and Appalachia specifically is such a problem for the elite and why they also use it as Trump country scapegoating for elections. Because say what you want about Eastern Kentuckians, 
But if they can't be like domesticated and tamed into a willing workforce, then I think that's what presents the biggest problem to these people. Like they have to be exploitable. It, and it's and it's honestly kind of subversive and hilarious when people are like, fuck that, I'm not going to work at all. Like, I'll fucking live on the dole. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> like, that is a form of resistance, kind of, because they are basically saying, like, fuck that. Like, I'm not going to enter the workforce. <laughs> like, it's and it's fascinating. That's why true. That's this is this is where the lo- this is the sort of locus that all those narratives grow out of. Trump country and what's the matter with Eastern Kentucky and all that shit. I, I judge <laughs> I judge a country's economic activity. So there, you know, the jobs reports are always coming out, and you know they they do everything to fudge those numbers. You know, if you're fucking, you know driving an uber uh for 10 minutes a day they consider you employed or something even if you're not making you know any money i consider the the real litmus test for uh, for a nation's economic growth is when the welfare fraud numbers go up (laughs) (laughs) so i'd like to see welfare fraud reach 10 percent this year right now it's like (laughs) 0.0002 Even though the Republicans are fucking, you know, act like it's, you know, every other person is committing, you know, right. food stamp fraud. 80%. Yeah. I really want to give them something to get pissed off about. So let's like, uh, let's let those numbers go up. Let's get the, uh, we, we, if, if you run against Hal Rogers, you should run on that. Like, I want to see the welfare fraud through the roof. Through the roof. Through the roof. Take all... Take all your pop to the pawn shops, people. <laughs> We're going to cut defense spending by 40%. We're going to put it all in food stamp. Not food stamps, food stamp fraud. <laughs> <laughs> you can only have this if you misuse it. <laughs> um, so like I said, strides have been made in three key areas. Labor participation was the first one. The second one is tourism. Uh Direct expenditures by visitors. You mean poverty cosplay. <laughs> Direct expenditures by visitors increased twelve point six percent in the promised zone from twenty thirteen and twenty eighteen. The level of direct tourism spending in each county also was higher during that time. Look for those numbers to continue to increase with many signature projects in the pipeline, such as Boone's Ridge, formerly called the Appalachian Wildlife Center. This tourism and education venue will open in 2021 in Bell County and employ more than 200 people. The 80,000-square-foot visitor center will contain museums, a theater, a restaurant, a petting zoo, and nature trails. Oh, on the <laughs> other side of the bridge to nowhere. <laughs> they, I, you know what this actually is? A four-wheeler park. Totally. It's absolutely a four-wheeler this park. This is a dirt, and they have a four-wheeler festival there every year, and someone always dies. <laughs> every single year, at least one person, but closer to five, die. Well, to hear them tell it, Tanya, that's a good thing. A fucking wildlife viewing station with, with a, a museum. And, and a petting zoo. A petting zoo. They're going to have some, what, some black bears out there? <laughs> Yeah. And 200 bobcats. employees? Someone's going to get mauled by a bobcat. I can't wait. <clears throat> you know what they're probably going to end up doing? They'll start that crazy, like you can pay $5,000 and come, like they'll drive you right up to an elk point blank so you can shoot it and take a picture with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they'll just keep releasing more elk. Right, right. Because these, these, na- these, these elk aren't even native to this area. No. <laughs> these, are, these have all been trucked in anyway. Right. God, if we're gonna man. have that, folks. We gotta have gray wolves and pumas. 
God. We're going to release 6,000 Pumas in Eastern Kentucky. We're going to release 12,000 Grey Wolves. <laughs> we got to have some natural crazy? predators. <laughs> they keep expecting us to buy this when even to their own admission it's been six years and they're still talking about what they're going to fucking do. What they're going to do. What's happening? Yeah. Well, I, they really are getting away with just lying if all day long. All they do is just lie. These are just professional liars. Not just lying, but like the fascinating thing, and we should have seen the writing on the wall that investigative journalism was done when all of these stories about how Rogers were coming out 20 fucking years ago about all this fraud. And no one cared. Yeah, no one gave a shit. Money just being sunk into projects Absolutely like this. No, and no, one <laughs> no one gave a shit. <laughs> wow. Oh, fuck. So the first, um, labor participation, tourism, and the third is education. Hmm. Education. As of 2018, six promised zone counties have state higher high school graduation rates than the statewide average of 90.3%. Rates for the 2018 graduating class were higher in each promised county compared to the 2013 graduating class, with the exception of Leslie County, which already had a 99% graduation rate. Perry County had the largest gain. Uh, our, te- our teachers and staff have worked tirelessly to make graduation an expectation for all students, said Jonathan Jett, superintendent for Perry County Schools. I'm confident I speak for all school districts in appreciation of the federal dollars invested in Perry County. Throughout the Promise Zone, partnerships forged, strategies implemented, and investments made will be felt for generations, but there is still work to be done. The poverty rate, which has decreased, is 33%. <laughs> it's only 33 percent guys god come on so good. it's That's only so good. a 33 percent poverty rate and double the poverty line it's still fucking poverty you're right I so think it's probably more like 69 percent what's the national poverty rate like 15 percent right I think it's like 15 or 16. The national, yeah so it's more than double it's definitely more than double the national rate but i'm saying even like the income that they consider on the poverty line is so low, right? That even if you double that income, it's still you're still it's still. I mean, you sh- you still should be considered under the poverty line, right? 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 So even this number is very small compared to reality. Well, it, this is something that we pointed out in that episode about the war on poverty and about um, the Power Plus plan and the Reclaim Act and the, all that stuff, which is that. 50 years ago, the liberal sort of approach to this was the war on poverty. You have uh, counties with like more than 33% poverty, and so that's how they tackled it, with large-scale federal programs. And now, like, you can't even get the liberals to do that, because Promise Zone was ultimately an Obama program. This is how they addressed the... Like a point system, a point system for federal grants. So, like, it just goes to show you how far right the liberals have gone in the last fifty years or so. Because ultimately, the Promise Zone, even though it is a program basically rigged by the reactionaries like Hal Rogers, it was cooked up and implemented by the liberals like Obama. And it, and it, and it shows you. And this is the fascinating thing about Eastern Kentucky is that it cuts out all of the contradictions in facade. You just so easily get to see how the liberals and the conservatives work together to perpetuate the problems rather than actually fixing them. It's incredible. Um, so 
Last paragraph. These complex challenges have been created over generations, and we must continue to attack the problems from all sides to achieve results. The Kentucky Promise Zone is proof that tackling these issues uh, through a multi-pronged approach is the only way to achieve real results. Our promise is to continue the collaboration. Uh, Rickett is president and CEO of Kentucky Highlands Investment Corporation, which is coordinating and managing the Federal Promise Zone, founded in 1968. The side effects may include a... impotence, uh, balding, <laughs> enlarged prostate, trouble urinating, <laughs> kidney failure, cerebral hemorrhage, and of course, death. <laughs> I have a theory about why they, they, they are able to claim that uh, graduation rates are up to... Um, they uh, they threaten you with juvie if you drop out of school. Well, I want to know the the dropout rates because no. I bet dropout rates are actually higher. <laughs> and so, like, if you've got so if you're already dropped out, you're not counting. You're not the, counting. <laughs> <laughs> this is only like people who flunk their senior year. Exactly. It's the only actual. But anyone who was planning to flunk their senior year just went ahead and dropped the fuck out. Exactly. Saw the ride on the so wall. So they can juice those numbers if they get people to drop Amazing. out. Amazing. You know. <laughs> or they just suspend them. Incredible. Incredible. Um, My niece just got suspended from fighting on the, over fighting on the school bus. Hell yeah. There was a, there the was, best place to fight. There were three angle videos of it. <laughs> Dude, 2020. Growing up in 2020 is hell. Yeah, no, you can't get be, away with shit. No, you'll be on surveillance, CCTV, all kinds of shit. It was wild. She was grinning the whole time. It was <laughs> maniacal. It's wild. I loved it. Well, um, I hope you enjoyed your journey through the Promise Zone. Um, we need like a Jurassic Park type tourist program for the Promise Zone. Ooh, now you're talking. But yeah, and you get to. Do what? Instead of dinosaurs, you get two-headed fused boys. I, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, before we wrap up, I want to uh, do a little Valentine segment. Uh, we've gotten a lot of love from fans the last couple months, including some sweet mail in the snail mail. And so one of them was from Leslie, who sent us some very cute pins. And the card says, Tanya, Terrence, and Tom, Thursdays and Sundays are my favorite days of the week. Keep fighting the good fight. Wishing you a prosperous new year. Thank you, Leslie. Such a sweet Valentine. It's very sweet. And these are, read us your pen, Terrence. My pen says, trust me, my paranoia is entirely justified. <laughs> Perfect. And, and that is literally the truth. And my pen, I, mine's at home and I forgot what it says, but it has a menstrual cup on it. It's, so it's you know it's correct right very accurate and tom do you want to hear what your pen says stressed depressed but well dressed <laughs> that's about right could not could not be more accurate um did you, and then and then um thank you leslie happy valentine's yeah, thank day thank you leslie. you're happy our valentine you're truly valentine and then rachel sent us some tea right the teas from tea me. and a glorious assess uh, assortment of witch tools that i kept for myself oh goddamn! including a tarot book we didn't even what were y'all gonna it. do with that didn't even consider we'd want some witch tools <laughs> i don't trust you to use them honestly and and a very nice letter so thank you for that rachel um a lovely letter she's out in oklahoma city also fighting the good fight yeah. against nonprofits and <laughs> in, in nonprofit hell right. shout out to you and she came out to our nashville show 
Oh yeah, um, we got to yeah. meet her there. Yeah, I, I got to talk to her there. It was great. Yeah, she's probably familiar with the Promise Zone, if I had to guess. <laughs> I bet they've got one in Oklahoma. I don't know. There were only five, and most of them were. We were the only rural one, and then there was one oh, like, yeah. territory. But I bet. Of. Yeah, I bet there was uh, a reservation that was on that though, right? Or absolutely, yeah, there was. Um. And, um, but if you're listening to this and you're like, damn, I, I want to show them some love as well. I didn't get to send them anything. You're in luck because you can subscribe to the Patreon mm-hmm. where you will not only get an episode every Sunday, um, this coming Sunday, you'll get a special episode with singer, songwriter, even though he would hate, hate it that I characterize him that way, Sergio Simpson. Actor. Billy Gibbons. Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top is who he means. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, sign up for the Patreon if you're confused about how to do that. Um, it's very easy. Go to your web browser and type in p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Party. No apostrophes or anything. Just straightforward. Uh, it'll take you straight to our page. You can plug in your credit card information and all that shit. And it will send you almost a hundred back episodes straight into your podcast app. Yeah, yeah, it will. Well, it'll give you a link that you need to copy and paste into your podcast yeah, app. Yeah, semantics. <laughs> see, 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 fine. Um, but you can, uh, like I said, if you want to send us some love, go over there. Uh, I think the Patreon, I think the premium episodes are indeed premium. I think they it's, really are. I think we can it. say things there that we can't always <laughs> say here. I think kind of a fun thing to do would be for people to change their pledge from $5 to $6.90 for Valentine's Day. That's just me talking though. That's just one man's opinion. Oh, <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> yeah, far be it for me to tell you what to do on Valentine's Day, but. You also can mail us stuff too, but Apple Shop's probably not the best place because none of us work there anymore. Oh yeah, we need to make an announcement. Don't send anything else to Apple Shop. <laughs> Um, we will get a PO box or something. Well, I have a PO box. They can at least send it there. Okay, what's or your do you PO have box? a PO box? I don't have one. No. P- you can send it to PO box four five six Whitesburg, Kentucky. So that's easy to remember. Four five six. Four five six Whitesburg. Four one eight five eight is our zip code. Yeah. Um. So thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you uh, have had a good week. Um. This episode was a little bit light on the Bernie stuff, but um, that's because we're winning. <laughs> <laughs> and so you uh, don't like let you anyone there before you know <laughs> right right we we beat nine opponents this week right so, uh... so act, you know yeah hold your head high you beat nine fucking opponents all of them craven dog shit yeah so instead of watching cat videos just go out here and piss in the streets there you go <laughs> fucking hiss hiss at normies <laughs> hiss at normies in the street and piss on people who are double parked <laughs> We don't have to answer to no goddamn body. That's right. And then continue um, to watch Bernie soar and pile up foreskins. <laughs> foreskins. That's right. When you lose, All right. when you lose, you gotta give up your foreskin. So Andrew Yang, give us that foreskin. <laughs> yeah, bend the knee, give the foreskin. Is Yang Gang turning into Bernie Gang? They are out. Yang. Um, I know they're out, the but is he gonna is he gonna get behind Bernie or what? I bet he will. I'm sure he will. Also, what you pour, waiting on? Let's pour Yang? a little out for Michael Bennett, who uh, suspended his uh, his very promising campaign yesterday too. 
Don't even know who that is. Literally have no idea who that is. I think he used to but... play for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, um, pour one out for him as well. Um, but also, if you live... What's the next state? Uh, Nevada. Nevada? All right. Um, well, I'm sure we've got Nevada friends, but you know, Canvas, do whatever you can. Let's get our man Bernard past this next massive fucking obstacle. Because it really will be a slog. It is now, you know, it should have dawned on us, I guess, a long time ago, but it really is going to be a slog. <laughs> we have to win every fucking step of the way. So, yeah. Anyways, well, we can do it. No. We can do it. Hope y'all feel loved this week. Yeah. If nothing else, no, we love you. That's right. Um, so, yeah, happy Valentine's Day. And uh, we'll see you on the Patreon. Bye. Bye.